Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. No antidote injection could possibly prevent something from melting one's skin. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hey! Hey! Mm-hmm. And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Finger guns! Yeah. <laughs> See, when you say it, it gets across. Finger guns. Do we want to talk about our Patreon? Do we want to talk yeah. about some, yeah, some, some, baby. some stuff there? It's our Sin Club. It's for for exclusive members only. That makes it sound weird. No, just sign up. Go to patreon.com slash cinemasins, and you can get perks for every tier. There's, what, three or four tiers uh, that you can sign up for. Uh, You get everything early. Uh, You get exclusive content, including what we call our Sinmentaries, which is probably, like, the most fun thing that we do for the Sin Club, Mm -hmm. where we essentially react to our previous videos. Uh, We've been going through like the first ones that we've written on with all of our team. And it's been fun as hell, man, to go back to like Batman V Superman, you guys doing uh, the amazing Spider-Man. And that's awesome. And you can get that in our sin club, yo. Yo. And you also get all of our content early uh, at the lowest Mm -hmm. tier. Uh, so three bucks a month in the sin club and you get everything before the public gets it. Uh, and I always forget that, but I have at least two Twitter followers who will re- react to the sin cast, this podcast sometime on Sunday night. And I'm always like, Oh fuck. I always forget that you get that shit early and uh, <laughs> spoilers. Anyway, yeah. um, it's good stuff. I, what's what I appreciate even more than you know the perks and the support which is awesome is the community that's developing there Mm -hmm. uh, which we got to see a little more of during our digital sin week as they were commenting alongside uh during live recordings of this and our other podcasts and uh they're over on discord and you get special access to special channels on discord if you are a a sin club patreon uh, member and uh, they're just really cool people, really supportive people, uh, people who love pets and movies <laughs> and being nerds. And uh, we uh, invite you to to join them. Mm-hmm. And, and there are so many extra sins vids that we have done. Uh, uh, if you just count the sin week ones alone, that's nine extra videos. But there's like uh, several other on the after on the top of that. That's that right. We have done. 
um, stuff like a few good men and yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, bad times at the El Royale. Or yeah, some people, some people like to call it battle at the El Royale. Yes. Um, it's amazing. We've done a lot of our favorite movies just for the Sin Club, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so there are plenty of of uh, of uh, never you know not public sins videos uh, available to you to watch um uh, through that sin club so yeah uh it's uh it's worth it i'd say it's worth it it definitely is in preparation for the the game that we're about to be playing uh later on i went back and there is a <laughs> there's a podcast specifically for sin club members of jeremy and i doing seinfeld trivia uh that i hadn't listened to in two years i think you had to bring that shit and- up didn't you <clears throat> You did better than you remember. You did no, awesome, did. actually. And no, I did worse than I remember. You won. Uh, well, spoilers. <laughs> oh, sorry. It was fun, though. It was fun. And Jonathan was there uh, as the scorekeeper. And uh, I had forgotten the questions, and I had forgotten how many I got wrong. <laughs> but it opens. <laughs> the cold open is Chris asking, George said his brother got a woman pregnant and her name was this. And we were like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> the most obscure Seinfeld question ever. <laughs> uh, it was fun, though. Anyway, yes, yeah, sign up. Patreon.com slash CinemaSins. Just wanted to let you guys know uh, in advance. Uh, do it. It'll be fun. Um, so as Barrett alluded to, we're, uh, we're going to do something we have never done other than that Seinfeld trivia thing. We're going to play a game. We're going to play oh. a game. Can I? I want to play a game. Do you want to play a game? Um, I would mm-hmm. like to, uh, give my personal backstory on this game. If you don't mind, I'll be brief. Sure. Um, I was uh, a guest on a podcast that I, uh, recommend you check out called lo-fi top five movies. And every episode, uh, these two guys who are both awesome people um, do a, a, a top five list. Uh, the one that I was on was top five movies I'd like to go back in time and watch in theaters um, that I didn't get to the first time for whatever reason. Um, <clears throat> and instead of just doing that list, they made a game out of it where uh, for every movie on your list, you you also give, you, before you give the title, you give the year or the date it came out, and then you give the position on the AFI top 100 list, position on the IMDb top 250 list, Metacritic score, and two actors, usually more obscure actors from the movie, not the stars. And then people try and guess. And if you can't get Mm -hmm. it, then they also give you a five-word made-up description. Um, Like for Untouchables, my five-word description was uh, naive cop versus... uh, violent criminal. I forget what it was. I already forgot. Anyway, um, (laughs) I had such a good time trying to guess and trying to stump these guys. Um, And it made me think we should, you know, consider doing a game ourselves. Um, And so what we came up with, I'll let Barrett uh, intro, but I I do want to shout out that podcast as both one that you should listen to because those guys are easy to listen to and they love movies, but also, they're they're the inspiration for us deciding to create a game ourselves, and hopefully um, this doesn't crash and burn. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, after Jeremy said that, you know, we were spitballing about what we could do. And you know, I was thinking about, 
IMDb and how much, you know, it's, it's the internet movie database. And I was thinking about how much stuff you could mine from that. You know, there's so many different sections. There's so many different sub units of, did you find this interesting and stuff like that? Uh, why it was rated this particular way by the MPAA. And uh, I was thinking about the goofs section and, you know, People think that we at CinemaSense use this, and we actually referenced that in a uh, in a video recently. We use this as like a, a springboard for our sense. No, we don't. We don't By the way, it. if it did, our videos would be unfucking watchable. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, I mean that's, that's for some people already that were unwatchable. But think about what it would be, you know, if it was like just the goof section of the fucking IMDb. Holy shit! Her arm is pointed at a ninety degree angle here but now it's 45 oh my god <laughs> it's not that again it's it's not that we would never make such a specific observation it's just that that's not all we ever do and right, right. like i think that yes. to people who write those god bless them are more the people we're making fun of than the people we are <laughs> and that's why we also say things like idaho is not a real place mm -hmm. and yet that is ignored by everybody so we're going to use them as fodder so basically what we're going to do is i am the trivia master for today's episode and I will be uh, asking the guys, giving them a year for context, and then giving them a list of goofs that are found in a particular movie. They are going to base their guess of the movie based on those goofs. We're calling it Guess the Goof. Guess the Goofs. And yes, we are, first, before you say it, we are the Goofs. And we yes. know that that joke is going to be easy to make. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, Preemptively and, joking ourselves. Nice. And plus, this isn't this isn't the only like way this game may go. We may have several other games with other kinds of uh, criteria to it and everything, just depending mm -hmm. on what we're thinking of at the time. But if this is real popular, then maybe we just do this more often. But it's it, we're just kind of trying some stuff out. So yeah, yes, I think it'll be yeah. fun. Uh, we, we, we're shooting I, a pilot. As I, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. As I mentioned to the guys in pre-show, this this may be way too easy or way too hard. Uh, some may be way too hard. Some may be way too easy. But I think there's an identifiable clue, at least one of these four. So uh, let me give the ground rules real quick that we came up with. What we're going to do is Chris and Jeremy are going to be playing Guess the Goofs today. Uh, and I will be asking the questions. There's going to be five rounds of questions one for each of the contestants, which means 10 movies overall. These will increase in difficulty, or at least what the uh, person who's asking them uh, thinks is increasing in difficulty. Um, up to four goofs per movie. Uh, so sometimes you can answer it in one, sometimes you could answer it in three, and so on and so forth. But after the fourth one, um, if the contestant does not get it, uh, the other person can steal uh, for one point. Each response will be worth one point. Uh, whomever has the correct responses at the end of five rounds wins in the likely event of a tie. Uh, the person who required the fewest numbers of clues wins. Yeah, I hope you're going to keep track of all that. Yeah, but you're going to need to email me that document when it's my turn. Um, and also, do we get to guess and be wrong 
Or like if you give us one goof, can I say Tron? And if it's not Tron, do I get penalized or do I just get the second goof? Um, yeah, I think uh, this should be like the step down challenge that we used to do at trivia. I think you only get one response. Okay. Uh, you can talk to yourself about it. Like, is this Tron maybe, or is this okay. whatever, but we'll do a final answer thing. Essentially. That's great. No. And then if I there's not a four, countdown. There's not a countdown of points though, through this. Right. What I'm, like, like the count, right. the step down would always start with a 15 and then a 10 right. and then a five. This one uh, doesn't sound like it's doing that. Like, are we going to give all the goofs at once or are we going to do one goof and then try to guess it there? Yeah, we'll do one goof. And, and if you want to lock it in, that's that's what I meant by by the step down. There's only one final answer. There's only one opportunity to give the answer. Um, if you want to try no, it. There's no incentive, though, is what I'm saying to trying to guess it on the first one if you're going to get all of the other ones. Well, if we well, tie the incentive, <clears throat> Yeah, the incentive is to get it in as few clues as possible. So that would that would help you win at the end. Meaning the, the, the final, in the event of a tie, the final count will go to how many people got saying. the fewer. I see what you're saying. So clues. like once we're done at the end, we count out how many times. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It you. behooves you to get it in as few clues as possible. All right. It's behooving. Okay. But we do need some cheesy game show music. That's true. Yeah, I think I think that was good enough right there. Um, yeah. All right, fellas, let's do this. We're going from easy. I've I've named these as easy for the first round, kind of easy for the second cool. round, easy medium for the third, uh, hard medium. Uh, for the fourth, and then mm-hmm. hard for the fifth. Mm, okay. So easy. Hard. Erection? Light, mm-hmm. easy. No, yes. but thanks for noticing. Yes. Medium easy was my nickname in high school. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, also, to give you guys more context for this, so we're not just picking out all the movies ever made, uh, we are doing 25 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, and five years ago. Shit. So 1996, 2001. 2006, uh, 2011, and 2016. Do I have to do that when I do, do when I make the questions? You can do whatever you want to, baby. Awesome. What that means is, for the easy round, we are starting in 1996, folks. All right. And I'm going to choose Jeremy to go first. All right. Uh, this is right when I was All being right. called medium easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> junior in 1996 junior movie. Okay. This is the first goof. For operational security reasons, Navy SEALs never acknowledge each other by rank, nor do they use their surnames. Everyone on a SEAL team, even the officers, only address each other by first name. 96. Well, I got a guess, but I'm too scared to fail. Um, Also, you should both know that years are not going to help me at all. If it came (laughs) out in 96, I think it came out in 94. Um... So good luck, me. <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna get into the future here in a little bit too. <clears throat> I need another goof, please, Quizmaster. May I have another? <laughs> okay. Uh, the final scene is located in Kansas. However, when Carla and Stanley leave the church, they drive towards mountains in the distance. There are no mountains in Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> Chris, well, do you know it? <laughs> I do know what this is. Oh, fuck. 
1996. There are no mountains in Kansas. Um, um, okay, it's bad radio, uh, and I don't know it immediately, even though I should. No, dude, so that, do your thing. Work your way through it, man. Well, you know, it's just uh, you guys talk how many about do yourselves. You, how many do you have for per each movie? How Up many? to four. Up to four? Okay. Mm-hmm. I have four for each ones. And I'll read the fourth one, uh, even if you guys get it before then. Mm-hmm. Navy Seals. You, you want one more, or you want to? I wanna need another. I need another. I'm going to lose. I, I think you'll probably. Uh, well, I, I don't want to give anything away. Okay. This is the easy round, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. The coordinates given for Alcatraz when the missile is launched are 6725 north by 3725 west. These actually put you in Greenland. Alcatraz is actually 3740. Please wait until I'm done with the question. <laughs> Alcatraz is actually at 3749, 36 north by 122, 25, 23 <laughs> west, not in Greenland. What was your answer again, sir? <laughs> it's the rock. <clears throat> Welcome to the it, rock. Folks. They got it in the easy round. Let me read you the last goof because it's my favorite. Uh, which is an actual goof. No antidote injection could possibly prevent something from melting one's skin. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Jeremy gets it in three clues. Congratulations. Nice job. Uh, Christopher. Yes. Here is your first one. Also from 1996. First goof, at the $100 minimum bet table in the casino, the cards disappear from the dealer's hands when he counts Mike's money. What was the year? 1996. Oh, still 96. <clears throat> yep. Uh, you guys get one from each each uh, year, the same year. You. They count Mike's money. They count Mike's money. Hmm. Uh, let's go over to the next one. Alrighty. I like this one a lot. Although the guys all lament the fact that there's no fighting in the version of video hockey they're playing, that version is NHLPA 93, which did, in fact, have fighting, as well as being able to make someone's head bleed. Fighting was not removed from the series until NHL 94. The movie is Swingers. There it is. <clears throat> yeah. They put fighting back in these games, by the way, at least the most recent ones I've played. <laughs> There's fighting in what? You can fight in most hockey games that I've played. You know, um, it was it was weird. The first, uh, the first uh, clue, uh, when it was like Casino and Mike, I was like, okay, the Mikey McDermott and Rounders, but Rounders is 98. Right. So I was like, okay, this can't be the the answer. And then I forgot about swingers and you know and Mike. See, Mike I would and- never have guessed ninety-six for swingers. I mean, <laughs> I might have guessed the movie from the goops. You would have but- you would have guessed the, the 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 movie for sure. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think that's why it's important to give a, a year concept or at least a range or something like that, because no, that sure. could literally anything mm-hmm. anyway great job guys both got the easy round chris in two clues jeremy in three clues uh very nice and also there are no mountains in kansas okay yes. the uh and the kind of easy second round uh <laughs> these are movies from 2001 all right so get all your right. 2001 caps on it's a good year jeremy goes first 
Okay. Uh, 2001 movie. Okay. First goof is no mention is made on exactly how an English peasant manages to fool everyone into believing he is a nobleman from a very German Dutch region of Europe. While the uneducated masses might believe that anything Chaucer tells them, uh, William interacts with plenty of upper class people who would not be deceived so easily. A Knight's Tale. Boom! <laughs> wow! <clears throat> Um, wow! <laughs> I don't think anyone knows that movie that well. Chris, would you I have gotten have... that from me? Fuck no. Oh, really? <laughs> I have I have hate watched yeah. that movie five or six times. I was about to say, A Knight's Tale is exactly like up Jeremy's asshole. Also. <laughs> hey, I had a Shannon Sossaman phase. Like, I think Didn't we all? We all, all? We all had Shannon Sossaman. And, uh, yeah, I actually... Yeah, as soon as you said convince uh, somebody that he's a nobleman, I I figured but that's what it was. And then you said wow. Chaucer. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I've seen a this Knight's movie Tale. maybe one and a half times. Let me read the other goofs just so we have them in context. In the final shot, when Jocelyn embraces William, the back of her dress is seen. The overlap portion of the center back zipper is clearly visible. <laughs> May have been a little bit. Now, what what would have given it away for me is any mention of joust. So, Sir William's armor is removed during the first, the final joust, revealing a large blood-stained hole in his padded shirt. The bloodstain is visible later in the scene, but the hole is completely gone. And the last goof is uh, uh, several shots during the final joust. This is funny, actually. Several f- shots during the final joust have an overexposed, milky appearance caused when a camera assistant dropped and split a film magazine on the final day of shooting. Nice. Way to go, Man. camera assistant. Hey, yes. um, unrelated, I saw um, an article that talked about um, in I Know What You Did Last Summer when she, like, the camera spins around her and she's like, what are you waiting for? You remember this mm. part? Oh, yeah. uh, that was actually directed by a kid who won a contest to direct a scene in that movie. I saw and that. That's awesome. Jennifer Love Hewitt was like, when he told me what he wanted to do, I was like, seriously? And it's become like the most iconic shot in the whole movie. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. It's Wasn't that in Scary Movie, one of the scary movies? Yeah, I think. And then I think like Anna Ferris gets uh, like hit by a bus or some shit. When she's <laughs> yeah, because he's out on the ramp. <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> it does kind of come out of nowhere, too. If you watch that scene, and I know what you did last summer, it's like they're they're talking Mm-hmm. And like, then they find something in the car or whatever. Yeah. And then like, and she's talking, everybody's talking at a normal level. And then all of a sudden she goes out in the streets like, what are you <laughs> Yeah. Very weird. <laughs> Jeremy getting that in one clue because the a Knight's Tale is apparently his jam. <laughs> mm-hmm. Should I be ashamed? Uh, no, no, no. It's it's fine. I need to watch no. it again. Is no, it not, Brian Helmeland, Heath Ledger, Sandin Sossaman, and Mark Addy should be ashamed. That's I did ashamed. say I hate watched it. It's also Alan Tudyk is in this. Oh, um, yeah. And um, uh, Jennifer Bettany? Connelly's husband, Paul Bettany. You said Paul Bettany. Oh, I didn't realize that was Jennifer Connelly's husband. Yeah. I think ever since uh, Beautiful Mind. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, good for mm-hmm. good for him and her. Anyway, mm-hmm. all right, Chris, mm-hmm. we are getting another two thousand one movie. Mm-hmm. Got a burp. Sorry. <clears throat> okay. Nice. Nice. Here's the first goof. 
When a ranger throws out a frag grenade, Sergeant Eversman warns his men by yelling, Grenade! Proper designation would be to yell, Frag out! As yelling grenade warns the men of an incoming grenade, not an outgoing one. Jesus. It's not a knight's Uh, tale, Chris. It's not. It's not. That's the first one that I removed from consideration. Um um <laughs> you know <laughs> I, I i i can picture this movie but i, I can't get, go to the next one the appearance of hoot's rifle changes throughout the movie often between shots this is especially noticeable when he is firing out the window of the humvee Yeah, I debated on whether including names of characters uh, should go in here, but I think there's there's just so many names about that it it's hard to narrow it down. I've got something in mind, but we'll go to the next one. Okay, here we go. Sergeant Eversman's chalk is portrayed to have moved on foot to Elliot's crash site. This is not true, as his chalk was picked up by Colonel McKnight's convoy as they were traveling to the crash site. Uh, Due to the sprawling layout of the city and the heavy fire they were under, they were forced to return to base, and Sergeant Eversman's chalk never got to the crash site. Jesus. God, have I even seen this movie? Um, Yeah. You have. Oh, so Jeremy knows it. Mm. No, well, I'm pretty sure, but I don't know for sure. I don't remember anything about Chalk. Is there any more? Uh, Yes, there is more. Let me uh, get the one that I had. Numerous times in the film, when any helicopter lands, we hear the familiar chirp, chirp, chirp sound. This is characteristic only of the famous Bell H-13G, the mass chopper, and then only one of the rubber drive belt disengaging from the rotor column. Okay, I think I've only seen this movie one time. It's Black Hawk Down. It is indeed. It is nice. indeed. Nice work. You've only seen that one time? Yeah. I it's not an easy movie to that watch. I, that would be I, right I, in I, I've only seen that once. And I know I know somebody, not, I don't think, I, I, this somebody wasn't in, was it Kosovo? Was this, was that where it was? Um, Mogadishu. Somalia. Somalia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he said he knows a lot of people who were involved in that. He said that it's oh, hard. Wow. It, it's really hard to watch that movie, but, Oh wow. Um, yeah. But, um, but no, I've only seen it once. So like all of this stuff that was, you were taught describing, I was like, I mean, it's, it sounds like an Iraq war Afghanistan type of thing, but I can't, I really can't think of any. Yeah. And the only thing I uh, think of was Jarhead, but that came out in like 2004 or something like 2005. That's that's another everybody in that movie went on to be famous if they weren't already. Like that movie stacked. Mm -hmm. Ridley Scott, baby. 7.7 IMDb. Josh Hartnett, Ewan McGregor, Tom Sizemore, Eric Bana, William Fickner. Uh, Fucking isn't uh, isn't, uh, Batman in there? I thought Batman was in that one. Or is he in Christian Bale? Bale? No, I think Tom Hardy's in it, though. Um, Tom Hardy was in everything at that point. He really was. He like, really sneaky. Was. This, this Tom he Hardy was the main dance. villain in a whole goddamn Star Trek movie, and, and I never learned his name until he got more famous. 
what was it? Uh, Nem- was it Nemesis? Yeah, Nemesis. He's the yeah. Picard clone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Picard clone. And Eric Bana was a uh, Star Trek villain. Oh, mm-hmm. Eric Bana is one of my favorite Star Trek villains ever. He, Me he too. chewed that shit up. Hi, Me Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. So everybody's one for one or two for two. Uh, now, now we're getting into the medium or medium easy. Okay. Yeah. It's my wheelhouse. Jeremy, mm-hmm. you like go first. Easy. Yeah. We are now in 2006 movies. Oh, good. I'm uh, glad we skipped 2005. Frighteningly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Frighteningly 15 years ago, folks. That is frightening. Uh, crazy, crazy. I remember seeing <clears throat> both of these movies in the theater. Well, this is going to be. I was actually working for Kroger at this point, so uh-huh. um, maybe yeah. I even moved on from that. But I was I wasn't seeing a ton of movies, so well, knock wood. I'm I'm pretty sure. As I said, I th- I'm very certain, or I'm pretty sure that you guys have seen all of these movies. <clears throat> anyway, so 2006 movies, Jeremy. Here are your goofs. Uh, the me. first one is immediately following the planting of the crystal seed. A cigar is dropped onto the utility corridor, and a natural gas line ruptures. The cigar ignites the natural gas. In reality, a cigar burns at around 400 degrees Fahrenheit, while natural gas ignites at around 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Therefore, the cigar could not possibly have ignited the natural gas flooding the corridor. Um, should I go for it? Oh, you feel like you got a, you got a little, little bead on this? I do. Give me one more. <clears throat> All right. Second one. This is the long one, so bear with me. When the Gatling gun uh, begins to fire in slow motion, you see bullets it. coming out of the barrel. Hang on. The ratio of tracer to non-tracer bullets in the movie is one to two, and that is incorrect. The correct <laughs> ratio should have been one to four, which is standard worldwide in machine guns. No gun mm. would have one to two ratio because the tracer rounds wear out a barrel much more quickly than the non-tracers do. Also, the Gatling gun has six barrels, so with a one-to-two ratio, two barrels are always firing nothing but tracer rounds and would make the barrels wear unevenly. I cannot uh, believe that you have a guess on this based on these two goofs, but I trust you. I have you. a guess, but uh, now, you, now that sin went on so long. <laughs> that goof, not sin. That Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that goof went on for so long. I'm going to need another clue, man. I, you, you, you've shaken my faith in my... I should have written it down so I could show you what it was in case I end up being right. But hit me with another write it down. Clue. Write it down. All right. All right. I'm going to kick myself if this is what it is. All right. All right. We'll see here. The EMP burst that triggers the docking malfunction of the NASA shuttle to the plane shuts down all technology, including engines, phones, etc. However, the microphone of the guide is still functioning perfectly. It's Superman Returns. Whoa! He got it! He got it! Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> wow! The, what gave it away to me is not your fault. It's the way the goof was written, but you said something about a crystal... Uh, crystal something crystal See, in that first yes. sentence, and I immediately pictured kryptonite i don't know why but i was thinking superman returns the whole goddamn way wow chris are, were you on the same page no man i, I, mean, I haven't a... seen that movie in fucking forever and hated it so <laughs> i only saw it once in the theater so, i don't think I've none of those clues meant anything to me nothing 
I was, sure they, I was dead like inside. I was dead inside to all of those clues. <laughs> we famously talked about that Gatling gun thing in the Sins video, though. Uh, just went yeah. on and on about it. Yeah, because, I remember uh, that scene. Yeah, because because uh, uh, Jeremy just had a class about Gatling guns, and and uh, he was able to uh, just recite that. He we didn't have to write it down. He just said it there, right then and there, when he was doing his narration. He just said, "Oh, by the way, I'm going to add this in the script real quick about the Gatling gun." And the trees are rounds. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. You're kidding, right? I didn't I didn't hear some yeah. of that, but. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> we, we didn't talk about the fucking Gatling gun. <laughs> the tracer rounds. Have you seen that movie multiple times, Jeremy? Uh, no, I haven't. Actually, yes, I saw it in the theater, and then I saw it when you send it, but not, not otherwise. Same here, it. but I couldn't have gotten that shit after the first goof. <laughs> I wish I had the balls, but I'm ballless. Right. Next time All I will, right. and I'll be wrong. No, that was uh, that was impressive. I I mean, this is. I, I I have put Superman Returns so far out of my mind that even as I was looking at these things, I was like, there's no way anybody's going to get this. I mean, I, would, I was like, Crystal Seed, Cigar, that should just immediately tell me what the fucking movie is. <laughs> All right. You can't come up with it. <laughs> All right, Chris, here is your 2006 movie. <clears throat> Here's a first goof. Although set in Ohio, there are several shots uh, from by the pool area that show large mountains in the background, which Ohio does not have. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Another it. Mountain. That's it. <laughs> oh, so so uh, uh, on Superman Returns, we get Crystal Seed and fucking <laughs> all this shit. I get Ohio and mountains. Good. No problem. There are no mountains in Kansas or Ohio. No. <laughs> um... <laughs> Do you, would you like me to go into the next set one? Ohio, let me see if I can think of any movie set in Ohio in 2006. No, go ahead. <laughs> okay. When Bartleby receives his rejection letter from Ohio State College, the word that should be than in we will receive more that 4,000 applications. I have a thought of what it might be, but I'm going to take one more clue. All right. Didn't do that. All right. Here we go. Um, When Bartleby receives the letter telling him about the meeting with the state board of accreditors, the letter says that the meeting is at 11 a.m. But when Bartleby and company arrive for the meeting, they tell the receptionist that their meeting is at 3 p.m. If you know know somebody's named Bartleby in a movie, it's that movie. (laughs) He said that word so many times now. It's lost all meaning. Um, I think the movie's accepted. Yeah, Yeah, he got it. He got it. Wow. And again, just like Jeremy, I wish I had the balls to do it earlier because as soon as he said Ohio State and all that, I was, I should have, I had accepted in my head, but. Wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. Well, that's to... good. But I mean, yeah. So we're we're getting around the the right area, man. This may end up being a tight, a tight, like tight as my butthole right now. Mm. Uh, mm. All right, but listen, we're moving into hard medium. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Now, now These... there are no mountains in Indiana. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. <laughs> These gentlemen are movies from 2011. 
uh, oh. whopping 10 years ago, folks. 10, ten years. 10 years. All right. 2011 movies. Jeremy, here's yep. your first goof. Yeah. When Marissa is returning fire through the door in the hotel room, the slide of her gun locks back, signifying an empty magazine. However, in the subsequent shots, she continues to fire, even though she has never shown reloading her gun. I know this is a goof that never happens in action movies. It doesn't. And they always show the person reloading their gun. Uh, but this is a goof for this particular movie. What did you say her name was? Marissa? Marissa. Give me another clue, please. Another clue. All right. A uh, bit of a long one, uh, but I like this one a lot. Eric decides to swim from Sweden to Denmark across the strait between them. Oresund, which is the strait. Uh, presumably to avoid border checks. But not only are both Denmark and Sweden, as well as Finland, members of the EU, and also part of the Skangen area, he could have traveled uninterrupted by land or sea from Finland to Denmark due to the Nordic Passport Union using public transport. His method of entering seems a bit odd as he later in the film arrives in Berlin by bus. That crazy Eric. Mm -hmm. He's mm. always swimming across fjords with no reason. I know. Straight fjords. <laughs> Fucking Eric. Straight fjords. Fucking Eric. 2011. You make me feel like I didn't see any movies in 2011. Um, Eric, what are you doing? That straight, buddy. What are you doing swimming from <laughs> Sweden to... Denmark, what are you doing? <laughs> That's not how you get there, buddy. You could take public transport. I don't give me another clue. <clears throat> All right, two left. During the final scene in the amusement park, Marissa is is wearing shoes, but at one point she is seen wearing calf high boots. Back to Marissa. Like uh, you could have given these in reverse order, and they would have felt easier as they went along. Like these clues are not helping. Um, I, I think that would defeat the purpose. <laughs> well, I got the other ones right. Um, shit, Eric, Marissa. <laughs> Final scene is in the amusement park. Marissa is wearing shoes, but at one point she is seen wearing calf high boots. Boots instead of shoes. Marissa, amusement park. Final scene. It's not Batman. <laughs> <laughs> give me the fat. Give me the this fat movie. Definitely thing. describes every movie that was made in 2019. <laughs> by the way, all right. Everything ended in the fucking amusement park in 2019. <laughs> all right. Here's the final goof. The main character has been carefully prepared to kill Marissa but never shown a photograph to identify her. The main character, huh? Is it Eric? Is he the main character and you just take his name out of the clue? I don't know why, because you already said Eric before, so it's got to be another name that would give it away. He's been, been, what, did he re been trained to kill? Primed to kill? Yeah, I mean, the goof says the main character has been carefully prepared to kill Marissa, but never shown a photograph to identify her. Oh, fuck me. Marissa. 
It's not Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei! (laughs) An Oscar Um, winner, Jerry. 2011, swimming across fjords. No mountains in Indiana. (laughs) I'm going to go with... Shit. Uh, I don't know when these movies were made. I don't know. Prime to Kill, Train to Kill, Marissa. Marissa, but never shown a picture of Marissa. Why would you do that? Is it? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Manchurian Candidate. Chris, would you like to try to steal this one? My guess is Hannah. Chris gets the points for this round. <laughs> uh, yes. The main I, character I like being Hannah. On... Yes. Yeah. I can't. I can't say the the actual title of the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was uh, what was throwing me on this too, because I, you know, who who the fuck is Marissa? You know, <laughs> and you it's know. Eric Bana again, right? That plays her her dad, yeah, or her trainer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah his name right. is Eric in the movie, uh, but yeah, Hannah. Um, I figured that uh, that final one would get you, and it, I feel like was Hannah on like on your mind. Uh, I thought of Hannah one time uh, when I was cycling through assassin-type movies. Um, I had a hard time shaking Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um, (laughs) When you did the swimming across the fjord thing, man, like I can't even tell you where that happened. And I've seen Hannah three times. I don't remember. I, that <laughs> I thought, was it in the so night? Superman and day? returns <laughs> like that. Hannah, no. Yeah, yeah. Ups and downs of it's, the guess yeah. the goofs game. The it, shows, it, it shows you the, uh, the, uh, the range of this game. All right, Chris, All right. you got an opportunity to pull into a commanding lead here. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> also a 2011 movie. Here is your first goof. In Joe's room is a model of the space shuttle, and the external fuel tank is red slash orange. This change did not occur until the 1980s as a cost-saving measure. Shuttle models before this had a white tank. Uh, Let's go to the next one. All right, next one. When the deputies are eavesdropping on the USAF communications via radio, an airman can be heard saying Lima, as in the NATO phonetic alphabet. However, he pronounces it the wrong way, saying Lima, as in the Ohioan city, rather than Lima, which is the correct pronunciation. So L-I-M-A, I should say. The, the who is saying what now? When the deputies are... Yeah, yeah, I know that's a long one. When the deputies, Eric. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> When the deputies are eavesdropping on a USAF communications via radio, uh, meaning the Air Force, Mm -hmm. uh, the airman can be heard saying uh, L-I-M-A. However, he pronounces it the wrong way, saying Lima uh, rather than Lima, which is the correct pronunciation. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Let's go to the next one. All right. When the boys break into a classroom at the school, they break a window from a door and clear out all the glass. Later, when the soldiers come in, the same door now has some of the glass still there. Um, all right, I guess I'll go with your final one. Okay. <clears throat> Just after the train wreck, 
One of the boys describes the small block shapes they found in the train's cargo hold as looking like white Rubik's cubes or something. Originally called the Magic Cube in 1977, the toy company Ideal would not rename the toy Rubik's Cube until it was sold in the United States after May of 1980. Okay. <laughs> Jeremy, you just got some Rubik's Cubes, right? Nice. It's a smooth moving little motherfucker. But, yeah. uh, so Joe's got a rocket that has the wrong colors in his room. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Fucking Joe, and, man. I know. Fucking Joe. <laughs> Uh, the deputies over here are USAF communication, and they hear the guy pronounce Lima wrong or Lima wrong. Mm-hmm. 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 They refer to Rubik's Cubes, even though they don't know what the fuck those are. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Mm. <laughs> Which, mm. in a train, fuck. All right, give it to Jeremy. You want to venture a guess? Super ah, eight. you got it, baby. Oh, and back in the game. Whoa, a tremendous reversal. Oh, my God. I would never have been able to tell you that came out in 2011. Never. <laughs> never. What gave it away? Was it the train wreck one or was it the anachronisms? Um, it was uh, the third one. Oh, the boys breaking into the classroom? Boys breaking into the classroom. Once you said the boys, I started thinking young cast, and everything else fell in place after that. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Wow. All right. All right. Hannah and Super 8 were the two from I like both those movies. <clears throat> All right. We got a tie ball game here. Right. Uh, so we're going to uh, – the clues, both of you took four. But it was the other person's steal. Interesting. I'm going to note that. Both steals. I could, all I could think of on that was it's, it's got to be a period piece, and it's got to be a young cast, but I could not think of Super 8 for the live of it. That's sneakily. Now, talk about a movie. I would not be able to tell you what year it came out. That could have been in 2008 or 2013. I don't think I would probably even pick 2011 whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, hey, there you go. Super 8. Super 8. All right, folks. Here is our last round, the hard round. Uh-oh. Okay. These are movies from 2016. That's right. Five years ago, uh, a year in which there are a lot of movies. Uh, so <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what it's known for being, you know, the, the most movies. That's uh, what, uh, yeah. When you look up 2016 and Wikipedia, it's like the year of the most movies. <laughs> the year of a ton of fucking movies. Mm. Right? That's right. Also the first full year of the Syncast existence. So that's oh. true. All right. Jeremy, you go first. Uh-huh. 2016 movie. Two, t- sorry. 2016 movies. Here's your first goof. When Rachel goes to Scott's house and he gives her coffee, her coffee cups changes positions on the table, even though she hasn't touched it yet. When Rachel goes to Scott's house. Remember, this is the hard category, so I know, I'm still allowed to think I might get it. Sure, man. Rachel and Scott. Eric. With Fjords. And Marissa. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Rachel and Scott. Okay, hit me again. Okay, second goof. 
The article describing the discovery of Megan's body says that Westchester police says they're investigating a murder case. Westchester police is a plural noun, so it should have read Westchester police say, etc., etc. This kind of sounds like a cinema sins type of thing, but it's not. <laughs> hmm. That would be a lame sin, though. Yeah. How would you make that into a joke? You want me to repeat it? That was a lot going on there. Yes, repeat it, please. The article describing the discovery of Megan's body says that Westchester police says they're investigating a murder case. Westchester police is a plural noun, so it should read Westchester police say, etc., etc. Westchester police say. Give me another one. Rachel and Scott. Here's a classic one. Classic, uh, classic goof. The action in the tunnel takes place when it is dark, but when Tom takes Megan out to the woods after that, it is light out. This movie was directed by Ed Wood. <laughs> Megan, Megan, but Megan's dead. Megan's body. So <laughs> Megan has to be alive at some portion in this movie for her to be a body. I like how you're putting the plot together. (laughs) (laughs) I certainly don't know what the fuck this movie is. Rachel and Scott, Megan's body. Who drags Megan's body in the woods? Ricky, what'd you say? Steve? (laughs) It's Ricky Steve. It's Ricky Ricky Steve. Steve. (laughs) Hi, Ricky Steve. What are you doing with that body? (laughs) What is it? Who is it? Eric kills a body? No, he swims a fjord. Who took the body in the woods? (laughs) Okay. The action in the tunnel takes place when it is dark, but when Tom takes Megan Tom. out to the woods after that, it is light out. Now, it doesn't say she's alive or dead at that point. Tom takes Megan. Tom, you pesky. Give me the last one, God damn it! <clears throat> when we see the train from the window of the white villa passing on the track way beyond the garden, it is obvious that the distance is too great for anyone to be able to identify any faces at all. For instance, the therapist on the balcony... The view is seen with Rachel's eyes from the train window is greatly enlarged as if it was seen through binoculars. Another classic type of... I actually thought about this one. Is this the girl on the train? The window peaky murder? He got it, folks! Yep. The girl on the train. Chris, did you have it after the third one? No. That last one was a giveaway, so... I gotcha. Okay. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I mean, I read that book. I read that book and watched the movie, and I don't even remember these fucking people's names. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Here it is. The last movie. Also a 2016 movie for Chris. Here's the first goof. 2016 movies. Here we go. On the morning of the film festival, an exterior shot shows only Nadine's mother's car in the driveway. When Nadine <laughs> comes downstairs... Darian and Krista are there, despite Darian's, despite Darian's car not being in the driveway. Oh, Darian. Where'd you park your car, Darian? How'd you get here? Did you swim the fjord? <laughs> I love this game. This is fun. <laughs> Darian. Nadia Darian. Hmm. <laughs> um, oh. Give me another one. Okay. Second goof. When Nick picks up Nadine, sorry, when Nick picks up Nadine to hang out, 
The car pulls up with its lights on. However, when Nadine gets in and they depart, the lights are off. Give me the give me the next one. All right, young Nadine pushes the <laughs> SUV. I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> I don't know why this is making me giggle so much. <laughs> young Nadine pushes the SUV's door lock to orange to keep her mom from opening the door and getting into the back seat. But the lock is still orange when Nadine opens it to run away from the car. <laughs> Fucking metal. Mm. Young Nadine, old Nadine, dead Megan, alive Megan. <laughs> Swimming Eric. <laughs> Dental plan. Um, <coughs> Lisa needs braces. <laughs> Give me your next one. Okay, the final goof. Um, when Nadine is having lunch in Mr. Bruner's room, she moves trays on his desk to prop her feet up. When she gets up to get her lunch to leave the room, the trays have returned to their original positions. <sighs> so there's a film it's... festival. Yeah. Feels important. Yeah. There is... A flashback. Why am I helping you? <laughs> Do you want me to repeat the last clip? Um, or goof something about trays yeah go ahead do it again when nadine is having lunch in mr bruner's room she moves trays on his desk to prop her feet up when she gets up to get her lunch to leave the room the trays have returned to their original positions i will say that this movie did not have a ton of goofs listed on the page so um they're they're a little bit vague. I don't know it. I guess I lose. So, you want to venture a guess? Two thousand sixteen. I mean, edge of seventeen. Ladies and gentlemen, he got it. Yeah! <laughs> wow! Yeah! Wow! <laughs> That's why you guess in this game, folks. That's why you guess in this game. Yeah, that was good call. You guys went 10 for 10. So, as we kind of thought, we have a tie game, folks. Jeremy with five points. Chris with five points. Uh, Round four was dizzying, and it's stealing, and it's it's coming from behind. Chris coming out with the final answer at the last second. Amazing. Good job. All right. So the question, the the tiebreaker here is fewest amount of clues needed, which I'm glad we kept up with (laughs) because we ended up needing it. So fewest wins. It's like golf. You want a lower score. I will start by saying Jeremy has 15 clues that he used to get all five of his right. Chris required 17 clues. Oh. Jeremy wins. Oh, that was close. There that you was go. close. Wow. Woo! That was more fun than I expected, but um, only because I get to play around with 
the pretend plots in my head with the names of these people. <laughs> no doubt. Um, and uh, <laughs> yes, that's uh, and now we the next time we revisit this game, dear listener, um, which will probably almost certainly not be next week. Um, it will be Chris or I that is the quiz master, and Barrett will be one of the contestants. And uh, unless right. every single piece of feedback is "this sucks, we hate it," you guys are losers. Mm, I enjoyed yeah. it. I thought that was fun as hell. Yeah, well, yeah, I had a good time. Definitely, super you guys fun. killed yeah. it. You guys killed it, man. That was uh, that's as tight as it gets right there. Two points, two clues separating, and really, the the big one was round two. Uh, Jeremy pulling out fucking. What even was it? Knight's Tale. Knight's after Knight's Tale. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you want to move on to recommends and wands? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. For sure. Totes amazeballs. They're great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. Uh, as uh, as uh, some of you may know, I had this uh, second dose of the Pfizer vaccine. And uh, it... Uh, didn't do anything for a while. And I was like, okay, maybe you got off scot free on this one. And then about 10 o'clock, uh, that day suddenly it was like, Oh no. And, um, uh, so lots of time spent up, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, uh, sickness and pain. Um, and, uh, had some time to watch the movies, uh, uh, Jeremy had uh, talked about um, uh, Caitlin Deaver being uh, cast in the new Brian Duffield movie. And uh, I was like, you know, I'd like to check up and see if there's anything else this guy's done that uh, I haven't seen. Um, and because uh, I saw I saw Spontaneous and I like yeah. Spontaneous a lot. <laughs> Spontaneous is awesome. We, I think uh, we both watched it after jeremy's like full-throated recommend mm-hmm. and that movie yeah. fucking rules um and i was looking at his uh his guys must be the hottest thing in hollywood right now because uh you know i mean he did underwater but he also had that babysitter movie that i, I, I kind of like uh with oh, Netflix, yeah yeah he, oh he, he, yeah he wrote the screenplay for that um and um you know and then this spontaneous and then Another movie that you may have heard of, Love and Monsters, he wrote a screenplay for. Oh, yeah. The one that uh, uh, came out last, was it last year? Yeah, it's nominated for Best Visual Effects, which it uh, absolutely deserves, by the way. Uh, The visual effects in this movie are amazing. Um, It uh, it stars Dylan O'Brien of Maze Runner fame uh, in Mm. this. Um, uh, What we (laughs) were told uh, in this is that uh an asteroid was coming to uh, uh smash into the earth uh and uh we earthlings decided to throw nuclear missiles at it and the fallout that occurred from the m- nuclear missiles um started changing things on the earth so people Ooh. started becoming monsters and 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 bugs and animals and everything started becoming monsters and uh, there was only 5% of the human population left and they were all starting to form their own colonies. Uh, so Dylan O'Brien uh, is one of these and he was dating uh, this girl and I'm trying to remember her name right now. Megan. 
Megan. <laughs> Megan. Megan's body. Yeah. And also dating Eric at some time, but they keep that hush hush. Um, but uh, no, Jessica Henwick, who was who's one of the Sand Sisters in Game of Thrones, by the way. Um, uh, Dylan O'Brien. You know, so uh, they they're dating, and this happens, you know, while they have this amazing, you know, seventeen year old romance or whatever. But they get separated during this whole thing. He has his own colony and she has her own colony. Um, and in his colony, he's the guy who isn't very good at a lot of things. He's not good at going out and fighting. He's not, you know, he's, he's the guy who freezes whenever something happens. Um, but he is, I mean, he's loved. It's just that, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't know that he's loved in this, in this colony. And he, and he gets a, uh, he, he manages to, to, uh contact his girlfriend through a radio and he gets excited about possibly coming to see her again but everybody in the colony in his colony is saying you know what dude you're not very good at being like you know out there at all so like you know taking a seven-day trip on the surface is suicide you don't want to do this and he's like you know screw this i want to i want to see the girl that i love and it's been seven years at this point um, but, uh, he decides he's going to do it and, uh, he goes on this, uh, uh, trip on the surface. Uh, obviously there's a lot of like dangers involved. There are, uh, you know, massive creatures that are, that are like huge frogs and snails and stuff like that. Again, visual effects are really good in this. Really? Uh, yeah. Is it, um, is it big budget? I doubt it. I doubt it. Interesting. Um, uh, but, um, uh, he, he, he quickly befriends a dog and the dog is awesome. Um, <laughs> and, All right. uh, and he runs into, um, a man and a little girl man is played by Michael Rooker. Um, yeah. he's always uh, good in a pinch for the apocalypse. I, I feel like in any movie <laughs> that you, you watch, watch the trigger effect. If you ever, if you, you know, if you ever want to see Michael Rooker and the apocalypse, uh but the walking uh, dead yeah yeah um and uh he learned some things from from them and the little girls of course adorable and 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 almost like hit girl from kick ass uh and uh and uh so he learned some things from them and so you know there's this journey and he finally you know of course he's going to eventually find the colony where his girlfriend is i won't tell you any more than that um but, you know, despite some pre- predictability here and there about what's going to happen in this movie and everything, uh, it's very enjoyable. And I think from a guy who we've seen some fun stuff like Babysitter and uh, or The Sitter or whatever the hell that movie's called, The Babysitter <laughs> um, uh, and uh, and uh, Spontaneous and everything. This is a this is a fun sort of compliment to those movies. If you like those, you'll like this. Uh, type of thing i had heard some uh comparisons to warm bodies it's not really like that at all um um yeah there's there's there are certain similarities but not n- not nearly enough to make it like they're the same kind of movie hmm. so anyway hmm. but uh yeah love and monsters I, I i recommend it wasn't the sitter uh the jonah hill movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. it was it's terrible <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah 
Um, Ari Greener. That was David Gordon Green that directed it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Um, I'm going to recommend a movie that I watched yesterday when we were not doing this podcast. <clears throat> we normally would do it on a Tuesday. Today is a Wednesday. Oh. Um, and I think because I searched through the email, I try not to bring recommends that have been discussed at length before. And I, the only match I found in my search was it looks like we got invited to, a, to see a screener of this back in the fall. Mm-hmm. And I think one or more of you may have seen it and possibly interviewed somebody from it, but I couldn't find the podcast. But the movie is The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Ah. Okay. Yeah, I've seen the movie, uh, but I don't remember getting the interview request or the uh, screener, the screener request or anything like that. Have you seen it, Barrett? I have not. I hear good things about it, though. Yeah, this is it's very interesting. Um, I am. This is from last year. I'm finding my horror tastes uh, are growing a bit. Um, particularly when there's a fair element of humor involved and um, spontaneous did a lot to help push me in this direction. And mm-hmm. summary in the TV guide made this look like a blend of horror and comedy. And it is, and I liked it. I'm recommending it, but it's weird. Like, and I don't mean the plot is weird. I mean, the way it's shot and the way it's acted is weird. Mm-hmm. There's, there's an over the topness to the main character, who's the director, from what I understand, yep, and the writer, Jim Cummings. And it took me almost half the movie to realize, oh, his character is that far over the top. It was almost like he was playing it like the 30s or 40s in film in terms of the affectation of the way he says his lines in some cases. Mm. I was... <laughs> It was distracting for me at first, and eventually mm-hmm. I settled into just accepting that that was what he was going for, <laughs> because everybody else is great in this. Uh, Robert Forster's in this. I think it's his last role. Oh, um, wow. He's the sheriff who refuses to retire, even though he's basically falling apart. His son is Jim Cummings, the junior sheriff, um, and he keeps literally holding him up when they do press conferences and then when people leave, like Robert Forster slumps back down into a chair because he's so close to death, but he refuses to retire. Um, But he's funny as hell. Uh, The one line I wrote down, I wanted to tell you about is when they're getting ready to go out on the hunt for the wolf. um, And he's got all the cops together for a pep talk and he gives them a little pep talk. And then he says, I'd ask you to pray with me. If it weren't for the goddamn lawyers. <laughs> There's a lot of funny lines and deliveries. The main character, who's a sheriff's officer, Jim Cummings again, he catches his daughter making out with this kid. And she's supposed to be at home because there's, there's a wolf out there killing people, mostly girls. And he's screaming at her and he's like, you're supposed to be at home. Instead, you're out here making out with some guy in a truck. And just the way he says in a truck is just really 
funny. <laughs> but there's a couple of odd, interesting, very interesting is what I would call this movie. Even the weird things about the way it's shot are interesting. There's a huge one or one shot in the middle of a, basically a snowed-in parking lot where, like, from five different directions, people are yelling at this sheriff because they need him for something. And he keeps going back and forth and answering and said, leave me alone. Shut up. You're yelling, you're yelling too loud. But the camera spins around him like three times that whole time. Uh, and I found it visually very interesting. Um, you know, I, I can't tell you how much time passes in this movie. That was another frustrating thing. I couldn't tell if it was days or weeks or months. Um, but essentially, there's a wolf in this tiny, snowy mountain town that's killing people and uh biting their crotches and making off with it and uh <laughs> this guy has to this guy has to deal with his dad who refuses to retire and the police force and his own daughter and uh at the end it goes for a couple of emotional beats dramatically that I don't think it's earned because the, the whole of it is so uh, comic in tone even even the score uh, 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 is like more beep, boom, beep, boom, instead of like horror music kind of stuff. Um, but I really liked it. I had a really good time. It's not really like anything I've ever seen. Um, I thought the mystery uh, of the wolf um, was very interesting, especially the way it wraps up. Um, and uh, I'm recommending it. <coughs> his, um, his character uh, is, uh, he's, he's got, uh, he's got anger management problems, I believe is what it is. Is his, is the alcoholism, he, <clears throat> alcoholism because he's got an anger thing. Um, yeah. He's got anger management issues. I'm sorry. I didn't, I misunderstood what you were saying, but it, the movie um, opens with him goes, in AA. AA. Uh, and he talks about his issues, but you can see even during his AA stuff, he's on edge. Like he can't, yeah. he, like he can barely, like well actually he doesn't barely hold it in you can just hear it in his voice how irritated he is with everybody and when everybody starts talking about you know how this is a wolf this is definitely a wolf and blah 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 and he's like no it's not a fucking wolf it's not a fucking wolf you know <laughs> you know He's uh, it's uh, it, that it is something that is very well well worth seeing. I'm glad. What that, is it on? Uh, you liked it. I again. I always do this. I, it's on Epics on my cable oh, yeah, channel. Um, so let me tell you where you can find it, kids. Uh, you can watch it now on Sling Pornhub. Oh. <laughs> um, you can probably rent it at Amazon. Um, I'm sure. But, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's the same place I saw Spontaneous. Uh, Epic has a lot of good stuff that the other channels don't ever get. I got to check that out. That's that's up my alley. I think. That's, yeah, that's I think right. you would really I'm enjoy. You would enjoy his, the camera work and uh, his performance, uh, which again starts out really weird for me, but eventually won me over. Um, I dug it. Well, have I got a movie for you mm. people? Mm. The night comes for us. Oh, oh, oh! Just, this just movie, this movie is so good. So this movie has been recommended to me a lot uh, by people who know that we love the raid movies. Mm-hmm. It's an Indonesian uh, martial arts action movie. 
uh, featuring Eco Ace mm-hmm. from the raid Rama. Uh, and really the lead in this is Joe Taslam. Joe Taslam was also in the raid, uh, the first one, and he is going to be Sub-Zero in the upcoming Mortal Kombat movie, uh, oh. which is actually coming out by the time this comes out. Uh, he is an Indonesian martial arts legend. This came out in 2018. And because people had recommended it so much and because, you know, I know how good Eco Uace is uh, and, you know, especially in his native language, I was like, all right, it's on Netflix. Pulled the trigger. Uh, it's it's directed by an Indonesian uh, director, Timo Chazano. Uh, which I probably butchered that name. And uh, what I got was maybe the most violent and glorious movie I have ever seen. It, it, it reminded me very much of the first time I, I saw the Raid movies out of order. I saw Raid 2 first, and then I saw the original Raid. Um, and when I watched the Raid 2, I had never, ever, ever seen action done like this. This is, I think, before John Wick came out. Um, and even so, this is at a level that I was not expecting. So brutal and so well choreographed that it just, it it's a cartoon, folks. This movie, The Night Come, Comes for Us, has a lot of blood, has a lot of violent deaths. It's so funny. I was cackling the entire time. It was so much fun. The, the plot, as it is, is actually very good. Um, this guy, uh, Joe Taslam's character, is a part of an elite assassination group, but he decides, you know, I'm going to defect because he's saving this girl from a massacre. Now, the entirety of that uh, elite assassin army is after him. He goes back home to team up with his old crew, uh, who is made up by this fantastic uh, cast of characters. I I can't really even describe this movie enough to where it expresses the joy that I had watching it. Now, it's a little bit overlong. It's not quite as good as The Raid and The Raid 2, but man, it's right there. It's got, a, a, you know, a decent amount of dramatic beats. Uh, the in-between stuff could be uh, worked down. The fight scenes, though. Mm. Fight scenes are even compared to raid levels, uh, I think a step above. Um, they set up they set up these things so beautifully, both in an all versus one fight, uh, or many of those, and a one versus one fight and a two versus one fight. The, chore- the choreography in this movie is absolutely insane. The way that they use there's one in a butcher shop. There's one in a butcher shop. There's one that's beautifully shot in a hotel uh, lobby. Uh, There's there's one in an apartment building where these massive amounts of people are coming through and they're funneling through one door. So they're just beating ass at this horde of henchmen that are coming in. Ah, It's so good. It's so good. And then the final thing, uh, which is one character against another character. I won't tell you who wins. But it is absolutely brutal and beautiful, and oh, it will make everything on your body hard. 
So the night comes for us is right up you two's alley. I mean, you could just you could just put this on and just grin to yourself all the way through. I cannot recommend this more. I was giddy. Uh, all right, it's strong. Yeah, strong. it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. So uh, everybody's got a Netflix account, or your moms, or your cousins, or whatever. So mm-hmm. log on to Netflix and I have it. your mom's Netflix account. It's weird. Chris <laughs> has my mom's Netflix account, yeah. which yeah. is actually my account, which right. is weird. But uh, you know, well, right. I mean, when you look at the when you look at the history, it's like I don't remember watching that. Um, <laughs> Why did I watch blue is the warmest color six right. times? Why did I watch it three times? Um, I'm going to recommend, uh, we did this um, interview with George Gallo, which I really, I, I really oh, enjoyed so uh, doing that. That, that if you um, don't typically listen to the interviews, the George Gallo one is, is well worth it. I think just cause mm-hmm. he's so uh, engaging. Um and uh, in the middle of that, he starts quoting the in-laws movie from 1979, Peter Falk, Alan Arkin movie. And he quotes it like straight up. Uh, you know, he has it memorized. Uh, I went ahead and watched this movie because I had never seen it before. I think, I don't know if I saw the remake. The remake had Michael Douglas and it had Al- Albert Brooks. Yeah. Um, and it's not bad, I don't think, but it ain't oh, yeah. the original. Yeah. I don't remember if I even saw it. it. It's in that era where I would have, but I don't remember if I, if I saw it. Um, uh, but, uh, but Peter Falk, um, I'm on a Peter Falk kick lately because I've been watching Columbo or the old Columbo series and everything. Um, and, uh, and, uh, it's, it's, it's always good to just see actors outside of what they're really known for and everything. And, and uh, Peter Falk in this movie is so good, man. I don't think, I don't know if it, Peter Falk may be one of the most underrated actors we've ever had. It could uh, be, yeah. We don't, we don't talk about him very much. There's a, uh, getting way well ahead of what I'm talking about the plot of this movie. There's a scene in here where Peter Falk does something with his face when he's, um, he's uh, talking to, uh, his, uh, his son that it, you know, there's no words or anything, but expresses so many things, uh, and the end of it. And it's just so well done. Just like, hmm. it's like, that is just, that's really good acting. Um, but, uh, the movie starts off with a, uh, a treasury, uh, uh, a treasury like truck getting robbed. Um, the people who are robbing it don't want to steal the money inside of it. They want to steal the engravings of new, new American money so that they can sell it to other countries and the other countries can make their own money and basically cause worldwide inflation around the world. Mm -hmm. Um, the people who rob this, uh, this truck, uh, give their, give their, uh, give the engravings to Peter Fox. So we're like, Oh, okay. Peter Falk is, uh, is kind of a bad guy in this movie. Um, but, uh, the, the, whoever he's supposed to sell this to wants, wants, um, wants, uh, wants, uh, the, wants him to sell it by the next day or two days from now or something like that, which is nearly impossible because his son is getting married, uh, to this family that's, uh, headed by Alan Arkin, who's a dentist. Um, and, uh, 
this family has started to become a little suspicious of Peter Falk because they never see him around. He's always doing business things. He's always uh, traveling uh, and, uh, and everything. So he finally, Peter Falk finally uh, uh, shows up to a dinner and, uh, and uh, so he can meet the in-laws and, uh, and so they find out that he's kind of a little, he's a little off. He's just a little bit off. They don't know what it is. And then, you know, uh, he, there's a point where he says, I want to make a phone call to somewhere, but somewhere that's really far. Like he, he he's at Alan Arkin's house. He's like, can I make this call? So, like the farthest place away in this house, because sometimes it, I have to talk to these people and it gets really, really loud. And when I, when I have to yell at these people and they're like, yeah, go try the basement or whatever. And his son goes, Oh, my dad and his mysterious phone calls. And then Peter Falk comes back and he's like, what did you say? Starts like <laughs> yelling at his son about this mysterious phone calls and everything. So they're like, oh, I don't know about this. Um, so Peter Falk is wants to do wants to get something out of his safe. Um, the next day he wants to get something out of his safe at his office, but he sees two guys that he knows will cause him trouble outside the, the door. So he goes over to Alan Arkin at his dentist practice or whatever. And he says, could you meet with me for about five minutes? Five minutes is all it's going to take. And he gets Alan Arkin to go inside and, and take this thing out of the safe. The two people in, out in front are wise to it. And then they start chasing Alan Arkin. And then suddenly Alan Arkin is on this huge, like, uh, you know, this international conspiracy thing involving, engravings uh u.s uh uh currency engravings and everything and peter falk tells him i'm not a bad guy i'm actually cia and you you know but of course there are a lot of questions about whether he's telling the truth about being with the cia so this becomes this you know this madcap uh comedy where like you know they're they're <laughs> alan arkin finds him and alan arkin this is the perfect role for alan arkin because he's the innocent you know he's always like you know oh my god why is this gonna happen to me man you know he's, <laughs> he's uh he's the perfect actor for these for these type of things uh you know yeah uh you know he he's obviously not a criminal but he's gonna have to start uh you know he, he starts having to evade uh, uh the government and everything who show up at his home he has to run away from them and and suddenly before you know it, he's on a plane to Honduras. And like It's just all sorts of stuff going on. But anyway, Peter Falk and Alan Arkin are a great team in this. And, uh, um, and, uh, I'm going to, uh, recommend the in-laws through George Gallo. Thanks for yeah. that. Uh, yeah. but, uh, this is, they remade this, didn't they? With Michael Douglas. Did you say that? I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you were talking about the plot, I was like, I saw this movie. Oh, I, I I'm telling you, man, I I've I've seen this original one uh, a long time ago, and I I enjoyed it. I've seen the the remake a few times, and I kind of dig it. Michael Douglas plays a great like secret agent, and Albert Brooks, of course, plays a great mild mannered Alan mm. Arkin type of dentist guy, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I love the story. I'm going to go back and watch the uh, the thing. I see that there's a young David Paymer in this movie. Here it is, and I and uh, this is one of my my favorite all time skills that I have is seeing an actor when they are way younger than they were before you really knew that knew about them and knew that they were famous. 
I saw him and I was like, I know I've seen this dude before. I think it's David <laughs> Tamer. Um, and, uh, yes, indeed it was him by the way. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's, there's a lot of things involved in this movie where I, you know, claim that we're in a simulation and everything. Uh, uh, Jeremy, uh, you know, we, we watched happy Gilmore recently yes. and, uh, there's a thing about, uh, the, the, the price is right in there and everything. Well, in the in-laws, there's a part where David Pamer asked, and Peter Falk are watching the price is right. And Peter Falk's like, what is this? And he goes, you don't know what the price is right is. Oh my God. And he's like, how long has this show been on? He goes, since 1911. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so so it, there's a point where Peter Falk doesn't know what price is right is. And in happy Gilmore, Adam Sandler, uh, confuses Bob Barker for somebody who's on let's make a deal. So, <laughs> uh, so there's, there's more simulation stuff going on. Nice. Yes, there is. Very there good. is. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very simulation. good. Mm. Um, what you got? I got another recommend. I can't believe this week that Ooh. I'm not even half warning anything. I'm just recommending to, uh, it's a movie called critical thinking starring John Leguizamo and Michael Kenneth Williams and, a bunch of people you probably haven't seen. Um, <clears throat> this is, I probably wouldn't have watched this if there'd been something else on that interested me because everything about the description looks just screams run of the mill, good teacher at a bad school type of story. And you know what? It kind of is, but that's okay because it's a true story. Uh, and I did not know this. And it's also directed by John Leguizamo himself. Mm-hmm. Really? And he stars as a, as a real teacher who started an elective class at one of the poorest schools in Miami for chess. And initially the school and the other teachers just kind of treat that like detention. <laughs> they just keep sending troubled students to his elective for chess and he keeps teaching them chess. Um, <laughs> and, uh, they get pretty good and they end up going to, I don't know, the, there's like four competitions they go to in this movie. And I don't know which one's state or regionals or what have you. Um, <clears throat> but they they do good enough at this first tournament to qualify for the next one, uh, but just barely. Uh, but a lot of these kids have personal life issues going on. Like Michael Williams plays the dad of one of them and, First, you think he's going to be like Lawrence Fishburne in Boys in the Hood, where he's like mm. hot, he's tough, but he's a good father. Um, but no, he's a jackass. He's a dick. Um, he keeps telling his kid to play him in chess, and then when his kid finally beats him, he gets mad and storms off like a baby. Um, another kid has lost his job. That causes his mom to kick him out of the house, uh, and he literally has no option but to end up working with this local drug dealer um, because he's good with numbers. Um, They've all got their own issues. And I don't think much about this movie is going to surprise you. Um, There are probably plenty of good teacher sport movie cliches strewn throughout it. Um, But knowing that it was based on a true story, which I didn't uh, until about halfway through, I decided to look it up. uh, It, it really made the movie more interesting to me because a lot of these movies about a good teacher at a bad school are just pure fiction or they've been so run through the ringer 
um, that it's, you know, exaggerated stuff or what have you. And, and some of them are based on true stories. Please don't cuss me out in the comments. But um, <clears throat> at the end, it does like what a million dollar arm does. And it cuts to footage of the real uh, students, the real chess players that you'd seen uh, in, throughout the movie. And uh, 94 on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so I don't think I'm too crazy out here, um, but I just enjoyed it. It was pretty wholesome, entertaining, good performances. Uh, and I think I need somebody to back me up, but I think the chess is pretty good here. Now, I'm not a chess person, but mm. they throw around chess terminology and dare me to Google and keep up. Uh, and I I would wager most of it is real. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, he gives the kids nicknames based on the style of famous chess people that they play like. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I was absorbed. I watched it beginning to end. I couldn't put it down if it was a book. Nice. Yeah. And uh, now you need to watch Queen's Gambit. <clears throat> yeah, you do. Yeah, I really do. I, w- I would like to. I, that's on my list for sure. And I have honestly, I've stopped putting everything on the list. There's, I, there's <laughs> just a bunch of content I'm never going to get to. But that's that true. one is one that I'm going to get to. That's true. Why do we even make lists? Why do Why we even do make, we lists make lists sometimes? You know, like I went through this video I saw. Edgar Wright was like, here are a bunch of movies that you may have never heard of that you need to watch. So I wrote them all down and I'm like, all right. When am I ever going to watch these? I don't. Got them down on the list, though. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Look at that, Johnny Legs directing something. Has he directed yeah, anything else? Um, uh, just uh, checking that out. I don't know. Dang, sound. Looks like he yes. did a TV movie called Undefeated. Yeah, seventeen oh, yeah. years ago. Yeah, that's about that guy that was undefeated. Yeah, he, he was didn't about lose. that guy. Um. Yeah. The guy who wrote it, uh, Dito Montiel or Dito Dito Monti, um, did a movie called A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but yeah, uh, old Dito, old Dito, he did that. Yeah. He did a movie called Fighting that has Channing Tatum in it. Um, mm. Um, mm. But that's in between those, he swam across a fjord between Norway <laughs> and England. Well, really, when was he not swimming across the fjord? <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, I won't spend a lot of time on my last, uh, what I call the wreck a yawn, because it's the yeah. definition of a strike down the middle. It's just like it's it's fifty two percent positive on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like a five point seven on IMDb. It is literally just good enough to hold your attention, which it did. It's called Safe House, two thousand twelve oh, yeah. movie with Denzel Washington. And uh, Ryan Reynolds and Vera Farmiga and Brendan Gleeson, Robert Patrick and all that stuff. And man, it, it's just, man, it's just good enough where you're like, yeah. And it, it's it's kind of because Denzel elevates everything that he's in, right? Yes, he does. He's, he plays a, uh, of course, the best ever. He tested off the charts at the CIA on the farm. And he <laughs> went rogue. And oh, now... Yeah. Now he's turned himself into the embassy and he has to go to a safe house, which is managed by CIA rookie Ryan Reynolds, who's dating a French woman and he fucks her in the shower. (laughs) All right. Anyway, he's bored. 
Because nobody's coming to a safe house. He's in South uh, South Africa. He's in Cape Nobody Town. Nobody will come to my safe Nobody house. Nobody comes to my safe house. I want to be in the shit. I want to be in the field. And so Denzel turns himself in in South Africa. Uh, and uh, immediately, within two seconds, the safe house is attacked. Robert Patrick gets killed. And, it is pretty quick. And, uh, and off they go, running through the streets of South Africa. Uh, with with Ryan Reynolds and Denzel, sounds like fun, doesn't it? Have you guys seen this movie? You probably have seen this movie, right? Yeah, I saw. Yeah. Haven't seen this movie. Oh, You've seen this movie. Out. Uh, but yeah, so uh, they're running through South Africa. Denzel gives him the switcheroo because he's the master and he's the student. Uh, and then Ryan Reynolds gets the upper hand, and then Vera Farmiga is shouting orders at a at a TV, and Brendan Gleeson is kind of her boss, but not really. And so they get. <laughs> They get on a plane to go to Cape Town because, you know, it's only like a 30-minute trip. You can swim Uh, across the fjord to get there. Yeah, right, exactly. And, you know, the ending is a little twisty, a little twisty, but, man, I I saw that coming a long way away. Uh, The the feature of this movie that I could not get past, it's perfectly fine, is Ryan Reynolds is, like, working hard to not be himself. He is serious as fuck in this movie. He barely cracks a smile, except when he's fucking the girl in the shower. Mm-hmm. But like he's he's there's no cracking wise. There's no hitman's bodyguard aspect to him. He is just he's got this thousand yard stare, and he's talking like this, and he's crying over his girl that he can't see. She doesn't know he's CIA until he tells her, and then she beats him up. And he sends her far away. And that is such a weird thing because he's, I understand playing against type. That's, that's cool. But he's, he's cultivated such a brand that like you would make this movie 30% more watchable if it had a little bit of Ryan Reynolds in there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I actually, Um, I mean, it's almost the same movie as the Hitman's bodyguard. (laughs) I was going to say, it basically is so much more fun to watch. And I don't even think Hitman's, but I mean, look at the fucking It's not good. Movie. I can't yeah, believe I we're getting another one of those movies. Um, but uh, yeah, it could fit as a trilogy. And he's just, this is before he became a, a, a wisecracker. It's just, a, you know, it's just, a, it's just there. It's okay. It's average. It's the, like, Are you talking about the Hitman's Bodyguard or Safe House? I'm talking about Safe House. It's like a yeah. ballpark hot dog it's not Mm -hmm. it's not fine dining but you're not mad that you ate it no no i felt good about it man i was like (sighs) i found it on hbo max Uh, it's a perfect saturday afternoon uh, movie i just finished the edit for this podcast and i was like screw it let's just uh have this on and it uh kept my attention this was a um this was a weekend that I was not expecting uh, when I was uh, working in a movie theater to be one of the biggest I had ever run into. Like Safe House was a was a huge uh, opening weekend monster <laughs> of a hit. Um, uh, Forty million dollars it made. Uh, this was on, and this was a Valentine's, uh, the Friday before Valentine's that came out. Wow! The other movies that came out during that. Uh, movie that nobody remembers called The Vow came out uh, uh, the same weekend. Uh, Rachel McAdams and Channing Tatum, uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and it made it made forty something million dollars on its opening Jesus. weekend. Counter programming Valentine's had, Day. 
And then you had Journey to the Mysterious Island, the uh, the Rock uh, thing, came out and made twenty seven million dollars uh, on its opening weekend. Jeez, that was just one of those like you were like when you looked at the the movies that were coming out, you were like, yeah, we might do decent with this one and might do decent with that one. Ended up they all just everybody wanted to see movies that week, um, and uh, and uh, good. responded with their cold hard cash uh, reviewing. Uh, Jeremy recommended the Wolf of Snow Hollow and he recommended the John Leguizamo chess joint critical. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Never thought you'd say those words. That's right. Um, Barrett, Barrett, sorry, sorry about the coughing today. I understand. Um, uh, Barrett, uh, fully recommended the night comes for us. Um, it's so good. Uh, so I may have to watch this myself. Uh, and he reco yawned safe house, the Denzel Washington, Ryan Reynolds, uh, team up that made tons of money. Uh, I recommended love and monsters. Uh, Brian Duffield, uh, wrote the script. I can't actually remember who directed it. Unfortunately, I'm kind of a dick that way, but it was, it was mainly (laughs) my draw towards this movie. Uh, recommended love and monsters. I also recommended the in-laws because we interviewed George Gallo and George Gallo was all over that movie when he talked about the 1979 uh, one kids, not the 2003 one. Yeah. Although, uh, if I'm hearing you guys correctly, the remake ain't all that bad. It's not all that bad. I'll tell you what, that game. Remember when we played that game? <laughs> I remember. That was, that was remember awesome. The game. I, I want to play it again just as I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the fjords and uh, moving Megan's dead body through a tunnel. <laughs> I love how Jeremy is reconstructing this plot. <laughs> Everybody that's what everybody's doing though when they're when they're like sitting there going film festival dead body. Um <laughs> somebody with their feet up on the desk. <laughs> Gatlin gun. Um Okay um that's gonna do it for this week uh keep going to sincast presented by cinema sins on facebook by the way if you have stopped going to facebook for some reason and you go to other places to comment and everything let it let, let me know if there's a reason uh for that uh because facebook's uh, comments have gone way down mm-hmm. uh in the past few days now i, I mean in the past few months uh, and I don't know, is it me guys? Is it me? Do you, do you not like me? <laughs> it's definitely that, not you. Is, is that what you. it is? I'm taking it personally guys. No. Yeah, um, I, if it's just, if it's just Facebook, I understand that. I don't like Facebook at all. You think <laughs> I like going to Facebook? Fuck no. But I, I, I would like to know, you know, sort of what, what, what's going on. Cause you know, I look through this and I'm like, man, this person used to comment all the time and now they don't. I have, a possible answer for you. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's a long shot. Okay. I have stopped going to Facebook to look at the comments because for about the last two months, those buttons are broken. Mm. And if I click the, if it says eight comments and I click, it will show me two. Yeah. And then I used to be able to click all comments or view all, and it would show me all of them. And when I click that, nothing happens. Literally, oh, really? I've tried it in multiple browsers um, and so people who comment may have the same experience. Uh, it may be my operating system. I don't know. But if hmm. other people are having that same glitchy buggy thing, that may explain why comments are down. 
All I'm saying is I encourage you to go wherever we, uh, our other comments are and, uh, and, and like, it, especially discord where I'll, I will go and cl- I'll click over there every once in a while to see if anybody wants to say something to me personally. But, um, but, uh, you know, if you have anything about Facebook on there, just, just, uh, just, uh, give us a shout because I actually have considered not using Facebook anymore mm-hmm. uh, for a variety of reasons and for a lot of obvious reasons yeah. um yeah uh so i just want to i just kind of want to know um and uh so so yeah i'm I'm encouraging i'm encouraging comments and, and and i've had similar things jeremy like not that specifically but like i will go to the thing and it'll say one comment and i'll click on the one comment and there'll be five comments mm. or there'll be mm. one like and you click on the likes and there's like 10 so like, why is there, why is there, why are they having an issue with counting the the comments and counting the, the likes and all this? And I'm sure there's going to be somebody who's like, well, you just got to have your settings at this and that. No, no, no settings. I will not hear a settings answer to no. this. Um, Line must be drawn here. That's right. Anyway, uh, we're also on CinemaSense Twitter, Music Video Sense Twitter. We're on Discord, and if you want to get on Discord, there's a Facebook caveat to that. You can go to Facebook and, uh, you know, uh, private message me, and I can give you a link uh, you to that. But if we start not using Facebook anymore, we're going to have to come up with a different uh, thing for that. You can post on um, SoundCloud or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we are also on SoundCloud. Um, that's going to do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I like how I completely killed the Not Work Chat channel by posting a salad. <clears throat> <laughs> 5 p.m. yesterday i posted a picture of my salad and the place has gone dark mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. yep that was also surreal because i was yeah. just like i was like oh that's going on oh and and <laughs> you're all like feverish and yeah and, and like- i was trying to keep up with it and i was like um I got it on, I had it on CNN for a while and I was like, of course, you know, the time they said that they were going to, um, uh, <clears throat> announce the verdict the, the, during that entire window, they didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. and, 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 uh, and so, uh, during one of my many showers yesterday, because it was the only time <laughs> I felt human, Oh man, um, the, uh, I, I had it on, uh, CNN on XM. But, you know, CNN on XM is like five minutes behind or something. I don't, it's something crazy. Mm. Uh, uh, and I was listening. Oh, to that. yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was listening to that and uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to turn this off. And, uh, and, uh, c- and because they still haven't gotten to the verdict yet. And I'm going to turn on the TV. And as I'm turning on the TV, um, jeremy texts or slacks not guilty or whatever i mean guilty or whatever and i was like oh okay well i guess that's that no god damn it anyway <laughs> it's a bunch it's a bunch of like all nation it there's there's one throwback which is like uh things from the alt 
uh, stuff from the 2000s. Uh, there's one that's like new artists. There's one that's like top 100, like ones that charted. Um, and there's another one uh, that's more like obscure and stuff like that. And man, I went through those and I was just like beefing. I don't even are know what that means. Are they on the app or online only or are they on yeah. the radio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've uh, had these for a while, actually. Are you serious? They, they for sure had the Alt Nation 2000s one. I, I even talked about it on Sencast or, or like during this kind of discussion here, bringing it up. Uh, the 2000s one, the thing that upset me about the 2000s one is that it wasn't necessarily, it, it wasn't necessarily like me turning on Alt Nation in 2005 and hearing yeah. what I heard back in 2005. Right. It was all the big artists that I, that they, that you hear on Alt Nation, the regular one only condensed into this channel. Right. So right, a lot right. of Death Cab for Cutie, a lot of Weezer, a lot of, you know, I mean, it, and I'm like sitting there going, give me fucking morning wood. Give me, um, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. give me, uh, to say that every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give me, um, what was the, what's the other one? There's like, Kaiser there's chiefs. Yeah. Kaiser chiefs. It was like a ton of <laughs> bands that, that, you know, that made it, you know, that make that, that environment what it is. And it's, you know, when you're just playing death cab and just playing, Foo Fighters, God, Foo Fighters. They play Foo Fighters way they too play much. A lot of Foo Fighters. They yeah. do. They're kind of running so into the ground for me. Yeah. yeah. There's 2K hits. There's 2010s alt rock hits. Yeah. There's top hits. Uh, there's Alt Nation. Yeah. And I thought there was another one, but those Lithium channels. God, talk about a boner. Deep cuts. I heard a deep cut from the uh, Real Big Fish album. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> the de- the deepest cuts you get are those like hosted shows, right? And the and personalized channel. Oh, like, for sure, for sure. When yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they still have the Tom Petty channel, but when they did, they do. I heard, like when he, he it was either a Tom Petty song or a song that inspired Tom Petty, and every song that inspired Tom Petty on that channel I had never heard in my life, and it was like right, right, right. all deep cuts from here's a band uh, smoked weed with sixty one, <laughs> and uh, this made this out in their garage. And I don't, I never <laughs> recognized any of it. By the way, I, I'll bring this up again. I know Barrett would especially uh, uh, enjoy these, but Jeremy, you might too. Uh, YouTube has this, there's this guy called professor of rock. Oh, I need to write that down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now he's entirely too positive about fucking everything. He doesn't, he's not, he doesn't come off that way. Like he's not like, Hey, this is exciting. You know, like that type of thing. He, he, he says things in a very normal manner, but like everything like, you know, in one episode, you'll swear that he loves the Smiths and only the Smiths. And then the next, the next episode, it'll be like, Oh boy, Van Halen was so important to me, and oh, the, you know, it's just like, you know, like, do you do you hate anything? You know, like it's just, <laughs> but um, but th- those are really uh, uh, great deep dives into albums, songs, uh, bands themselves, uh, especially around the seventies, eighties, nineties era. My life is gone, and I uh, had a beef stick. <laughs> that might be our cold open right there i really miss uh posting dick pics 
What, what we Something can do that is just have three been of able us to do during the pandemic. <laughs> the three of us could do it and be like, pick the dick. <laughs> I've been so stressed. I haven't been taking many dick pics during the pandemic. <laughs> but now that I got my my back, that's right. <laughs> Camera's going right back down in the pants. Gonna get OnlyFans up in this bitch. <clears throat> <laughs> I love that Dave Chappelle bit uh, when he's doing the Michael Jackson trial <clears throat> and uh, or the mock trial, and he's like, <laughs> you know, he you said he identified his penis uh, or the kid identified his penis. He's like, ma'am, I couldn't even identify my own penis. <laughs> Me and my penis are like this. <laughs> How, how how are we doing? Are we good? I think good? I think we've already lost uh, uh, at least three listeners, but we <laughs> we've gained somehow. We've gained uh, two.